This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey guys, we're getting to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube or anywhere else you can get your podcast. We're just so thankful you guys are here and that you guys are with us today. Okay, we're we're back. This is this is another one. This is another part of the series. Um, we are in part four of our Boaz and Ruth series. Just before we get started, I, I just want to say how uh, how great this is to have a level of um, have a level of excitement about about this study. I just heard I think it was last week um, I had just dropped part three of this series, and someone had had listened to the prequel part one, part two, and they were like, "You got to tell Jordan to drop part three. I need part three right now." Right. So I love the excitement. I love the the energy. As we study this and just to show that it doesn't have to be um, like fabricated or it, this is real excitement to really see. Let's just talk about the scripture. Let's study it. Let's see what God has to say and what can I use to help me to become better and to help others become better, too. So I, I love that natural excitement that the Bible brings. That's so great. I'm glad that we have that here. OK, so if you don't already know, we are in a Boaz and Ruth series. So up to this point, we've had a prequel, we've had a part one, two, three, and then today's part four. So in order to, to get caught up, I would probably listen to it in that order with the prequel starting first. And so you'll see that on the list wherever you get the podcast, you can see, you know, this is in sequential order. So just so you can get caught up because there were so many, um, there were so many nuggets, there's so many good things that I don't want you guys to miss in this, Okay. So as we start this, we're actually going to entitle part four, Boaz and Ruth, the engagement. Okay, Boaz and Ruth, the engagement. Now, as we begin this study and as we begin to conversate with each other, I want to go like we've done in the other ones in the past, and like we do basically almost with every podcast. If you have your Bible open or if you're just listening or on the road or, you know, working out, whatever it is, or just taking a walk. I want to go slow like we do with every podcast and with all the scripture because I want you in your mind, whether you're reading it or you're listening, I want you to be able to build a picture in your mind so you can see what's happening. You can be engaged in the account. You can understand what's going on. And it's almost like I want you to understand if you're Ruth. I want you to feel that. You know, I want you to feel like if you feel like Boaz right now, like I want you to to be in his position, Okay. So that's where we're going to go as we start in Ruth chapter three. So before we get started, just a couple things here. So the reason why we're calling it the engagement is for two reasons. One, you can take it as they're literally getting engaged, right? So like if I got engaged or if you're engaged or you're scrolling on IG or Facebook and, and another one of your friends just got engaged, you see that's the level that the relationship has built to. So chapter three, we can take it as this is the level that Ruth and Boaz's relationship built to, literally an engagement. 
or you can take it on the flip side of it where it's still an engagement, but maybe you see it as they're really starting to get to know each other. They're starting to know their feelings for one another. They're starting to want to know each other on a different level more than a friendship. So you might be in a situation where you're you want to know somebody on the engagement level, man, do I want to do I want to go farther with this person? Or you may be to a level where, man, I want to build from a friendship level to another level with somebody. Maybe that's you. So this is this is you could take it either way, but I think it works. I think it works either way. So then before we get into chapter 3, here's our quick recap of chapter 2. So Boaz meets Ruth. Ruth is gleaning in the fields. And what Boaz does, he blesses her. He says, look, you, if you're going to glean, don't glean in anybody else's fields. You, you just stay here. So you keep coming here. I promise I'll take care of you. Everything will be taken care of. And every time she got sent home, she would get sent home with extra. Some of the young men would even drop extra at her feet so she could take it and take it back to Naomi. Now, what Naomi did, she told Ruth, this, you know who this is? This is this is part of Elimelech's family. This is this is our kinsman redeemer. So now we find ourselves in chapter three. So as we look at this, if we're gonna break this down in terms of like a like points or a foundation for us, I would call I would call part one or or point one. I would call it here's the plan. Here's the plan. And so here here we go. We're we're excited. Let's get let's get into the text. Verse one. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for you, that it might be well with you? There's already, there's, this is ridiculous. There's already so much in verse 1. There's already so much in verse 1. Notice what she said. Shall I not seek rest for you? This is so interesting on so many fronts, just this word. This word rest here, it means security. It means protection. It means safe. And it also means peace. So think about think about Naomi's mindset. What has she been saying all the way up to this point? The Lord's dealt bitterly with me. The Lord doesn't care about me. The Lord has afflicted me. Don't even call me my name anymore. Call me bitter. But now notice what is her focus now? Her focus is I want rest for you. You see how her mindset changed? So then notice, this is so cool about this. Shall I not seek rest for you? This is just a kind of a quick application point. Isn't it very interesting that in a lot of ways, you could tell somebody today, man, I want to be this for you. I want to take care of you. I, I want to be a part of your life. I want to do all these things, which is which is great. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But notice what's happening here. Boaz is not telling Ruth, hey, I could be this guy for you. Hey, I could love you. Hey, I could be I could, I could be the guy that you need. What's different about this situation is because of who Boaz already is and because of his character and because of how he treats others and because of how he already loves God. Here's what's so crazy about this, guys. Other people are telling Ruth, you need to go to Boaz. See, that's that's a this a that's a whole different ball game here, guys. This is a whole different ball game. And this can work in either scenario, whether it's with a girl or whether it's with a guy. Other people are pointing you their way. 
that's insane. That's a different level of person. So from Boaz's perspective, just some quick application for you and I as we're building this idea. And, and this is just kind of like a side wormhole for, for the ladies here. You know, ladies, any guy, and I'll just make this very specific to us, any Christian guy or any guy that has some sense of morality or even any guy that you have some type of feeling for, anybody can hit you up and call you and say, man, you know what? I miss you. You know what, man? You remember the good times when we were together? Man, you know you know, you and I have feelings for each other. You remember that song we used to listen to? You remember we used to go out all the time? Man, I need that in my life again. Why, why don't, can we just, can we try again? You see, any guy can say the right things. Any guy can say that. And vice versa, any woman can say that too. But it's a whole different ball game. Instead of telling you all the things that they can provide and the things that they miss, other people are pointing you to them. That's different. That's a, that's a different level of person. And we're going to see that from Boaz's mind, and we're going to understand his mindset a little bit more as we keep going. But I, I just saw that that was such a, a, a huge point that if, if we make this personal for you and I, just from verse 1 off of that one word rest, right now, right, could somebody say about you, put your name there, so-and-so, you might need to see if there's something with you. You might need to see if there's something going on with that person because the way that they handle themselves, the way that they love God, the way that they serve others, the way that they genuinely care, you might want to check that out. That might be something there for you. Can other people point people to you? Can, can people say about Jordan right now, hey, man, you might want to go check. You might want to go check on what's going with Jordan over there. I mean, maybe he he or she is loving people. He or she is serving people. He or she is doing their thing. You might want to, I'm not saying you need to make it official. I'm not saying you need to date them, but you you may need to start walking their way. Can people say that about you right now? Boaz is, he's already been, before Ruth was in the picture, before Naomi was even in the picture, he was already this guy. And if he wasn't, and if he wasn't already this guy, he was working to be that guy. You see, that that's a different level of person. And I, I heard this quote the other day, and I, I know I'm gonna mess this up, but I think it's I think sometimes we we picture people where we want them to be rather than where they already are. Now, does this mean that people can't change? No. Does this mean that people can't improve? No. Does this mean that people can't can't become something more than what they already are? No. But whether the person is already that or they're working to be that, there has to be evidence. Either way, you have to see some evidence. And guess what, guys? That takes time. Even if you have feelings for the person, it takes time to sit back and see. But many times, you know, we see something or we feel something and we see a little bit of evidence and then we just hop on it and then we just hope that things just work out. That's not wise. That's not wise. And so what Naomi is saying in the beginning of this plan, I want this peace for you. Guys and girls right now, whatever situation you find yourself in, and just a side note, look at all this stuff from just verse one. This is ridiculous. But just as a side note, we say the right stuff all the time. I want peace. I want rest. 
I want security. I want love. But what we tend to do because of our impatience, because of over romanticizing things in people, then what we do is instead of wanting that peace and working towards it and wanting that rest, we try to tend to make our own. Maybe this is the opportunity for rest in this person. They're calling again. Maybe it's this opportunity of this for this because maybe this is an opportunity. And I'm not saying that it's not. But again, just be wise. Just be wise. And so she's saying here, look, I want this for you. I really want security and I want rest for you. Okay. So then number two or verse two. And now is not Boaz our kindred with whose maidens you were? Behold, he winnows barley tonight in the threshing floor. So here's what's interesting about this. So it gives it gives a little bit more, um, it gives a little bit more detail of what Boaz is doing. So he has his workers, right? Chapter two, but it also shows that Boaz was a worker too. So the threshing floor, this is our if we're setting up the scene, I guess, the threshing floor is what I want you guys to picture. Now, what is a threshing floor? A threshing floor is almost like you guys ever been to like a you ever seen a picture or you've been to like a barn and you've seen that in a farm, maybe like a bright red red barn or maybe like a all metal barn. You've seen pictures of that, right? And so what they would do, they would winnow barley. And in order to winnow barley, you would have to have almost this giant shovel. But instead of having that curve that's on like a snow shovel, it would be like a a giant fork and it would have kind of four or five prongs on it, maybe three. And so what you would do, you would take that grain and when the night, you would really do this at night and you wouldn't do it on a low plane. You would do this on a hill. So the barn would be set on a hill and the barley would be gathered on the barn. And so you would winnow that on top of the hill. And as you put that fork in the grain and you throw that grain up in the air, it takes away, the wind blows all the bad stuff away, and then it keeps the good on the ground. So that's what Boaz is doing. So while his workers are working chapter two, Boaz is winnowing that barley and getting the good stuff, okay? So as this is happening, notice what the plan is, verse three. I want you to wash yourself, therefore, and anoint yourself and put raiment on you and go down to the floor. But don't make yourself known to the man until he has done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lies down, you will mark the place that he lies, that you shall go in, you will uncover his feet, you will lay down, and he will tell you what you will do. <laughs> just just kind of as a side funny note here, I think it's I think this shows here almost how simple guys are. Notice what she's saying here. And again, this is a relationship book, so we're going from a relationship perspective in, in, in this context. She says, literally, just make sure, make sure you look nice. Make sure you smell nice, right? Put some perfume on, whatever it is, and then make sure, because what's he doing at, at the hill? He's working hard. So when he's working hard, don't just go up there and just say what you want to say. Let him eat, right? Let him eat first. After you eat, then he's going to lay down, and then you go, right? That's just, it kind of reminds me of um, David and Abigail. I think that's what, 1 Samuel 27, 
25, 26, 27. Remember when Abigail came in front of David and David wanted to go kill Nabal? And what she did, she spoke kindly to him. She gave him and all these gifts. She gave him food. And then she spoke reason to him. Sometimes in order to get to guys, as simple as we are, sometimes we can't be too frantic. We can't be too, we can't have so much on our mind that you just come up with a bunch of stuff. Sometimes it's almost like they calm these men down. And not saying that Boaz was an angry man or that he was he was mad that he was working, but she's considering him. See, it's it's a wonderful thing. And there's there's prime, prime examples in scripture of men considering women. And that's what we should continue to do to do today. We should consider them. We should consider what they feel. We should consider what they're going through. We should consider their situation. We should consider their past. We should consider all these things, right? That's a part of us considering her, which that that's something that should be continued. But a lot of times we don't talk about the reverse. Women, it's a whole nother thing for you as well to consider what the man has gone through. Consider his day. Consider his work. Consider his stress. Consider all the things that's on his plate. Does this mean that you don't tell him your concerns? No. Vice versa, does this mean that you don't tell her your concerns? No. But come at the right time with both people considering what each other are doing. Then think about how how better that conversation is going to be. Not saying that that there there that fights and disagreements won't happen, but at least there's time where I've considered you and you've considered me. That's a different level. That's a different level of what's going on here. This is like I always say as we've been going through this. This is not normal. This is not normal, but this is great. This is this is great stuff. So now as she does this, verse four or whatever, so verse five. And she said unto her, all that you said, I will do that. So she went down to the threshing floor. Now, as we keep going here, I want you to notice a few stuff. The thing about the threshing floor, remember that barn at the top of the hill where there'd be a breeze and he he would be winnowing that barley? Here's the catch. Here's the thing about that's just incredible. The more I look at Ruth and Naomi and their plan about going to Boaz, it was very bold, okay? It was a very bold plan. This wasn't something where it was like what we did in elementary school, do you like me, check yes or no. And then if you really didn't want to know yes or no, you put a maybe in the middle just so your day wouldn't be disappointed, right? It wasn't like a let's check a box and maybe I know where you are. Here's what's so bold about this situation. The threshing floor, that was only for men. How do you know that? Look at, look at verse 14 of chapter 3. She lay at his feet until the morning, just to give you a quick glimpse. She rose before anybody could know, and he said unto her, talking about Boaz, let it not be known that a woman came to the floor. So the threshing floor, that's just for men. So notice what Naomi is trying to do. As they're building this plan, she's like, you got to go up there. If you want to be redeemed, you got to go up there. You got to go you got to go where he is. And so that that would have been a that would have been a different thing. That's that's something that's difficult, right? So then she went down to, to the floor verse 6 
And she did according to all that her mother-in-law told her to do. And when Boaz had eaten and he drank, his heart was merry. Typical guy, right? Typical guy. Give us, I mean, sometimes it's funny as we got our apartments, uh, myself and my brother, we are so simple, right? We are insanely simple. And there was one time where we had people over and it's like, man, there's, there's really nothing in here. You know, there's no pictures on the wall. There's no like special decorations. I was like, I, I don't really need much as long as I got a couch, you know, as long as I got my bed and some food in the fridge, I'm solid. Like I don't, I don't need anything else. That's how simple we are as guys. So Boaz, after he ate something, after he drank something, he was happy. After Jordan eats something, after Jordan drinks something, Jordan is happy. And every guy in the world, right? That's just how it is. So then he went down to lie at the end of the heap of corn. So here's why this is important. When you go on the hill and as you're in that barn, you're winnowing. This is a place for the men to do that. But here's why Boaz didn't leave that place. What 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 happened is if you've been winnowing that grain all day and you've been doing that all day and you leave the barn, it would have been very easy for thieves to come in and steal what you just worked on all day. Or because it's flammable, it's very easy for maybe an incident to happen. And then not only is the barn burned, but then all that stuff that you just winnowed all day, that's burned too. So you would have to have a guard there. So what Boaz was, and what some of those guys would do after they winnowed that grain and that corn all day, some of them would just go to sleep right next to it because they didn't want all their hard work to be either taken for granted or to be destroyed. So Boaz, he ate up there, he drank something up there, and he's like, I'm taking a nap. <laughs> if that's not a guy, right, I'm just going to eat something, I'll just, I, and that's just me. Like, I love sleeping on the floor. Right. For some reason, like the floor is very comfortable for me so I can sleep on the floor. So I understand what Boaz like. I'm with you. I got something to eat. I I'm, I'm got something to drink. I'm just going to lay on the floor. That's cool. So that's what Boaz is doing. But then notice now the plan starts to be initiated. So she came softly. She uncovered his feet and laid herself down next to him. Now, here's here's what's interesting in this culture at this time. This is a proposal for marriage. So we know, like, if you lift the cover and someone's feet are there, what the woman would do in that culture, she would uncover that man's feet and then lay by his feet. And so that was a sign that she wanted security and protection and peace from him. So if he accepted, then what he would do, the same way that she uncovered his feet, she he would cover her. And say, I will protect you. You will have peace with me. You will have security with me. So think about, you got to think about how how Ruth's heart is probably beating like crazy right now, right? It's one thing to send your friend to somebody and be like, hey, ask if, ask if, he, ask if he likes me. Ask if she likes me. That's, that's one level of nervousness. This is a whole level of nervousness when Ruth is just listening to what Naomi said, she's going to the barn where the men were. She sneaks behind the grain and she sees Boaz laying there and uncovers his feet and just lays there. Now, here's why this is bold. Here's more reasons why this is a bold thing. 
And this is why this was daring to do. And this is why if I was Ruth, I would have probably been kind of scared to do this because of this reason. I could I could get all dressed up. You could get all dressed up, ladies. You can get that perfume on. You can look nice. You could do all these things. Now, remember, what was what was Boaz? Boaz was a kinsman redeemer, a goel. He was somebody that that had the option to redeem. Notice that word. He had the option. Even though he had the responsibility that you could do this, you could redeem, you could take the land, you could do all this for this family, this wasn't a requirement for you. This was an option. So Ruth, being the woman that she was, she could have gotten dressed. She could have done all these things. She could have gotten up there. None of the men seen her. She could have uncovered his feet. She could have laid at his feet. And she could have anticipated with all the anticipation in her heart, man, I just hope that he covers me back up and we'll get married. You know what could have happened? Boaz could have said no. And he was justified in saying no. So here's the thing about, um, I think this is a really good lesson about any type of getting together with people and people coming together. It's very wise not to look at things from the view of a Disney movie, (laughs) okay? It's not wise to look at things from, I'm just going to be going one day. I'm just going to meet somebody random. We're going to really like each other. It's going to be great. We're going to get together. We're going to get married. Things are going to be amazing. It's not wise to think of and romanticize things. And especially it's not good to romanticize real people like that. It's not, it's not a good thing to romanticize real people like that. Here's why. It was wise on Ruth's part to understand he could say no. And that's a risk that I have to take with loving this man. He could tell me no. Vice versa, guys, there could be a risk for you that someone that you care about, that you like, she could say no. Because guess what? On the guy side and on the girl side, that's their right to say no. Just because you love somebody in that type of way or you have feelings for somebody in that type of way does not mean that they have to feel that same way. You have to know that coming in. But many times we can get very frustrated. Why don't you feel the same way? How come you don't love me like I love you? That's that's how love works. And so this is a risk. But but what Ruth and Naomi, I think what they understood, which I believe the text implies in a lot of different places, I think they understood, even if it's possible that he says no, which I think they knew he was going to say yes, but even if he says no, you did things the right way and you tried. And here's a great life lesson, guys, and it doesn't. this doesn't have to be just about love. This doesn't have to be just about relationships. This could be with anything in life. This could be with sports. This could be with school. This could be with work. This could be with just life in general. Guys, sometimes in 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 this life, when it comes to a relationship, when it comes to work, when it comes to anything that you do, you're going to try really hard. You're going to do the right steps. You're going to try your absolute best from what you know at the time to be the right type of person. 
But guys, sometimes it's just you're it's just not gonna work. And sometimes you're just gonna fail. And I think that's a lesson in life that we just have to learn. It doesn't mean that you're an issue. It doesn't mean that you're a problem. It doesn't mean that you're unlovable. It doesn't mean that nobody will ever care about you because somebody said no. That's just how it is. Sometimes you're just going to hear the word no. And in a relationship context, at some point in your life, guys, somebody's going to say no. And that's okay. It doesn't make them an evil person, and it doesn't make you an evil person. Sometimes they just no, and that's okay. And Ruth and Naomi understood that if I go into this, it's very possible he could say no. Because being a kinsman redeemer, this was optional. You could say no, even though you had the ability to say yes. So I think this is why this is such a bold and daring move on Ruth's point to be like, at least I know I tried. I'm going because I because I care for this person and I know that he can be this for me. Love is a risk. Love is a risk. Love is not and again this is coming from a single person but but based off of the text we can only we can only show you what the text says. And this is this was a risk. This was a risk, but the Lord was with her. The Lord was with her. Okay, so I I just thought that was very important to to point out there. Okay. So she uncovered his feet and she laid down. So this is that's that's the plan, right? What we've covered up to this point, that's the plan. You see how heavy application that was? That was crazy. That's just what seven verses, something like that. But this is this is heavy, right? So now we find ourselves, we have the plan. Now we have the pursuit. Now it's about to go down. Now we have the pursuit. Verse eight. So it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid. Why do you think he was afraid? Now, remember, what did we say about that barn on top of the hill? Thieves could have been in there. Somebody could have stole some things from him. Also, the threshing floor for the wrong type of man, for the wrong type of man. Because remember, what we covered in in part one, they lived in a time where everybody did what they wanted to do. So guess what they used the threshing floor as? They, They could use the threshing floor almost kind of like a harlot house. So all those guys that had been working all day, they could invite like 50 women in there and they could just be doing whatever they want to do in that threshing floor. So Boaz, why do you think he kind of freaked out a little bit? First of all, is this a thief? First of all, are these just random women just walking in here? Like what's, is, is there a fire? Like that's why he's he's going on like, whoa, what's going on here? But notice, and he turned and behold, a woman lay at his feet. It's, I think it's kind of, I don't know if there's a reason behind this, but it's very interesting that in chapter three, it's almost kind of like this This is being narrated by another narrator, if that makes sense. Because the writer uses Ruth's name as the woman, and he uses Boaz's name as the man which I'm sure you could read into that, but I just wanted to point that out, that that was interesting as I looked through this. But I want you to imagine, like, the culture of that day, that what was happening there in verse 8, that's very normal. But I can't imagine, right, me going to my apartment, right, and I, I had a hard day, I've been working all day, and I'm laying down in my bed, and then, you know, I, 
somebody that I'm that I'm interested in opens the you know uncovers my feet and I'm just like because remember what does the text say it said she smelt good right so I can't imagine laying in my apartment and just is that is that vanilla and cinnamon did did I make cinnamon rolls today <laughs> right what, what what's going on so you're smelling this so that's weird so then you're laying down and then a woman's laying at your feet and you're like whoa what are you doing in here like that's we what are you doing in here now today that's kind of a weird situation so that's kind of hard for us to picture but in that day this was such a this was a move of of not only submission but this was a move of I want you to protect me I know that my peace can come from you and so that's the that's the picture that's being painted now this gets pretty this is pretty interesting verse 9 and he said who are you and she answered and said I am Ruth I'm your handmaid spread therefore your skirt over your handmaid for you are a near kinsman this is so cool this is so cool from verse 9 now let's let's press rewind and let's go back for a second. If you look in chapter three, I want you to look back at Naomi's instructions. She said in verse four of chapter three, where he lies down, go mark the place that he lies. Go so go look at where he's where he's gonna go to sleep. You will go in, you will uncover his feet, you will lay down. And then after you lay down at his feet, what did Naomi say? He will tell you what you will do. But you notice Ruth does all that stuff that Naomi just said. But I think in all innocency, because of Ruth's love for Boaz, I think when when Boaz woke up, it's almost like, have you ever said something in nervousness? And then you're like, I can't believe I just said that. Like, so dumb. Like, why would I, why would I bring up a conversation about this? It just that was dumb to bring up, right? Especially when you're talking to somebody, you're like, oh, okay, maybe that could be something. And you bring up something really random. So Ruth is almost, I think, in her innocency, I think she's so excited that Boaz is awake and the love that she has for him. Instead of letting Boaz tell her what she should do, she says, please cover me. Can you please, can you please cover me? And then she says, because I know that you are my kinsman redeemer. I think that's, that's a beautiful image because I think she understands and she was just so excited because I think this is her feelings, uh, erupting and letting Boaz know I really want you in my life and I think that's kind of a cool little little innocent thing happening here so it's interesting Naomi said after you lay down at his feet he'll tell you what to do but then Ruth's like I want you to cover me can you be yeah you're mine you're my kids I think that's kind of cool all right so verse 10 so then notice what Boaz's response is and he said blessed are thou of the Lord, my daughter. Now, this is this is a cool perspective here in verse 10. For you have showed me more kindness in the lat in the latter end than at the beginning. In so much, now here's his reason. In so much that you followed not the young men, whether poor or rich. So verse 10 indicates 
Boaz was an older man. So let's 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 fast forward to the 21st century. What's considered older for a man or for a woman today, right? Let, let's just think about today. For a man today, whether you're married or single, even in the sports world, once you hit 30, you're deemed as an old man, especially in sports. But even outside of that, once you hit 30, you're not young anymore, but you're not old anymore. So whether you're married or single, when you're 30, you know, 30 to 35, you're you're considered older in the society today. Same with women. It's the same concept. So I want you to think about things from Boaz's lens. And this is just, as I look through this, I think from chapter two and chapter one, well, really from chapter two, I think when Boaz met Ruth, I'm not saying that there wasn't a initial attraction. I'm not saying that at all. I believe there was. I think there was like an initial like, whoa, who is that? I think I think that was the case. But I think Boaz was real and I think he was realistic. And I think Boaz thought even though he could have been attracted to her, I think she was somewhat younger than he was. And in his mind, which is wise, just like Ruth was it was wise that she knew that that Boaz could say no. I think on Boaz's side, he was wise by not over pursuing. Ah, she's a little bit she's attractive. She's a beautiful woman. I'll help her. I know the Lord will take care of her, but I just don't think I really have a chance. I really don't think I have a chance. So I think it's wise for me as a as an older man not to really get my feelings involved with this. But any any way that she needs help, I'll be there. And I think for just for you single guys and girls, I think that's a really good spot. I think that's such a wise spot to be in um, from Boaz's perspective, just to look at people as like, I just want to help you. I want to serve you. I want to be there for you. Um, even if there is some level of a of physical attraction for them, it's like it's almost like it's it's wise just to be like, I just want to help you know the Lord. That's what I want to do. But I also think on on another side of this, just for like application as we're talking through this, I think it's also, you know, we can look at we can look at ourselves, and this goes back to our I think part three. Um, I think this goes back to our keeping our mind open with the Lord. You know, I think from Boaz's perspective, I think we get a glimpse into his mind that he thought, man, if it's ever going to happen again. It's going to happen with somebody my age. It's going to happen from somebody in my generation. It's going to happen from somebody that's in my age range, which I'm not saying that that's not wise. I think that's wise. But you got to remember with God, that wasn't his plan. You know, so we have to, again, keep our mind open to things rather than kind of close them off. And and, and I'll be the first to like you. It's very easy to be like, man, if I'm ever going to do this, like this is kind of what I see. But what if God presents something that you don't see? Well, he's he is relatively younger than I am. She is. What if what if what if this is the case? She's relatively older than I am. You know what? You know what I mean? It's very easy just to take things and kind of throw them out, which I, I understand. But I think with God, this this is another part of our faith where even if you're not going to act, I think it's very wise from Boaz's perspective. I believe he was at the point where he didn't act, chapter 2, but I think he considered. Maybe this could. 
I'm not saying that I'm going to go for this, but I'm not going to I'm not going to not consider this. I think that's very wise on one point not to be too overexcited about things and about people. But I think it's also very wise to not throw them out of the consideration. I think that's very wise, too. And I think Boaz being an older man and older ladies, this fits for you, too. I think it's very wise on the one hand to see things for as they are. But I think it's also wise to not put people out of consideration because maybe they're younger than you are. Maybe they are born in a different generation. I think that's wise. And I think from Boaz's perspective, I think this was relieving for him where he's like, okay, she's telling me she feels the same way. Now I can kind of admit I feel the same way too. And he's like, man, you could have went after younger men, but you you treated me so much better now than you have in the beginning. So I, that's just kind of a cool little nugget there from verse 10 because I don't think we really ever – got things from Boaz's perspective to understand his feelings on things and, and how he was seeing stuff. And, and it makes sense. I mean, a lot of you single younger guys out there, single older guys, this is basically our mindset. This is like, uh, there may be something there, but uh, she's older. Uh, she's younger. I don't know if that could work. Like I, this is very relatable from, from verse 10. This is very relatable, but Boaz in his, um, and his wisdom didn't didn't throw Ruth out. The Lord brought Ruth closer. And I think that's an important thing. When the Lord brings somebody closer, that's a whole other that's a whole other wormhole. Okay, so verse 11. Uh, and now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to you all that you require. For all of the city of my people know that you are a virtuous woman. See, that's different, too. Now, I know that there's situations that are different. I know I know stories of people that that met their wives and and helped their wives and their wives were just or their husbands were just totally, totally bad people. But then they change. But that person had to change. You know, it wasn't the person that loved them. Well, I want you to change for me. They really wanted to change for themselves. So I, I know situations like that. But I also know of situations where. People know, man, she's a great girl. He's a great guy. The whole notice what Boaz said. Though, how long has she been there? She hadn't been in 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 Bethlehem for, I don't know, maybe more than a couple months, maybe a year. And the whole city, the whole city knew that she was virtuous. Again, that's that's a that's a different level. This is why, uh, again, just kind of more application for both guys and girls, it's very important. I'm not saying that attraction's not important. You know, I'm sure Boaz felt something for, for Ruth and vice versa. But even if Boaz was an absolute stud, if he was super fine, if she was super fine, whatever it is, it's one thing to look really, really good together. Right. And I think a lot of us are so concerned with the aesthetics of things. I want us to look together in pictures. I want us to look together, you know, in in our in our marriage ceremony. I want us to look really good. Like we're so focused on the aesthetics of things rather than the character of things. And from the examples and the people that I've come in contact in my life, they would rather have the character aspect of somebody 
rather than the appearance aspect of them. Again, I'm not demeaning the appearance side. The appearance side matters. But by being with that person for such a long period of time and that person's appearance is here, but their character is low, after, after a period of time, you're like, I'd rather have the character and then the appearance. So I think that that's an important thing for you to, for us to understand, for all of us to understand. Okay, verse 12. And now, but now here's a problem. Here's an issue. All this beauty that's happening, all this great pursuit that's happening. And think about Boaz. Man, this is like, this is a dream come true. And he said, I am thy near kinsman. But now there's a problem. There's a kinsman. There's a guy. He's closer than I am. So meaning this, Boaz was a kinsman redeemer, but there was somebody in front of him. So he was number two. There was another guy that was number one. So think about how Ruth's heart could have dropped. Oh, this plan, it worked. Boaz, now I know for a fact that Boaz feels the same exact way as I do. I know for a fact that he feels the same way. And now we find out that there's somebody in line before him. What if I don't love the, the first person more than Boaz? Man, what if, what if that person's such a bad man and, and I have to marry him? I could just see the, I could just see Ruth's eyes just sink. Then all these scenarios going on in her mind and all this worry and, and, and even the emotion that can come from her at this point. But notice the man that Boaz is. Notice what he does, verse 13. Stay here this night, and in the morning, if he will perform unto you the part of a kinsman, Ruth, we got to be okay with that. You know how hard that would have been for Boaz to say that? If this man wants you, according to God's law, Ruth, is that's just how things has to be. This is the character of this man that even he put his feelings aside for what God wanted him to do. And God, and ladies, that's a, that's a rare guy out there where he puts his feelings aside as strong as it is. And as strong as it might be for you, he puts his feelings aside. Number one, for your best interests and what your best interest might be at the time might not be him. And he knows that. You know how hard that is? That's not, that's not easy. And Boaz said, if this guy wants you, according to God's law, I'm not going to fight him. We, we just have to be okay with it. But then he says, he says this, let him do that kinsman part. But if he will not do the part of the kinsman, then I will do it. As long as the Lord lives, I'll do it. Lay down until the morning. So now you have the plan, you have the pursuit. Now here's the patience, right? Here's the patience. Let's end the chapter. 14, she lay down at his feet until the morning. She rose up before one could know and said, let it not be known that a woman came to the floor. We saw that before. 15, and this is how, this is just how great of a guy Boaz was. So obviously she had some type of veil on to kind of move in secrecy so people wouldn't know. So veils are kind of thin, right? It's not like the same type of bag that she had 
to carry that grain. But here's how much Boaz loved her. Now, remember, what did Naomi say before in chapter 1 and 2? I came here empty. I have nothing. Here's the love that not only Boaz had for Ruth, here's the love Boaz had for her mother, for his mother-in-law, for Naomi. I think Boaz, being the guy that he was, I think he knew what Naomi said. I think he understood Naomi's pain. I believe he had a relationship with Naomi, like a, almost like a mother, almost like a grandmother relationship. And he knew she said she came back empty, and I want to take care of Ruth. This is what I'm going to do. So Ruth's laying down at Boaz's feet, and Boaz says, hey, give me your what's on your face right now. Give it to me. And he gets it, and all that grain that he winnowed, he puts it in that veil. And he's like, here, I'm never going to leave you empty-handed. That's different. That's not normal. That's like Hallmark movie stuff. That's not normal. I'll never leave you empty-handed. Come on now. That's different. That's different. So then, uh, and when she held it, she measured six measures of barley, and and he laid it on her, and she went to the city. Then verse 16, now she goes back and she meets Naomi again. And she came to her mother-in-law and said, who are you, my daughter? And she told her everything that had happened. And she said, these six measures of barley he gave to me. And he said to me, don't go empty to your mother-in-law. Not only will this man care genuinely not to use family as as an access key to you. Sometimes that can happen. He will not use your family as an access key to you. He will love your family and he will love you. Well, what if the family doesn't like you? He will still love you and he will still love them. Matthew chapter five, verse three through nine. He will still, he said, I will make sure you aren't empty and she's not empty either. That's, that's, that's different too. So now verse 18. Now think about think about Naomi and Ruth as we close this. Ruth just, I did it. It worked. But now there's a problem. There's a man that's above him. And if he says, yes, I gotta be with him, this is not gonna work. Uh, I did this is I worked so hard, Naomi. This we just can't get any luck. The Lord is not with us. I'm not saying she said this, but I'm trying to think about her and what she's saying emotionally. I we just can't catch a break every time. Every time something seems to be going somewhat right, something always happens. I was so close. And think about what Naomi could have told her. Naomi could have said, forget what Boaz says. Just go do it. Just go. Y'all just go get married. Y'all do your thing. It doesn't matter. Just go do what you want to do. From a woman-to-woman conversation, she could have she could have gassed Ruth up to such a level where she could have, man, you strong, you doing this, you just go do your thing. If you want him, you go get him. She could have gassed Ruth up and made Ruth do some stuff that probably would have hurt Ruth in the long run and some consequences that Ruth probably would have faced that Naomi wouldn't have to face. She could have done that, which that seems very normal today, just putting that out there. But, Notice what she says. Then this is what Naomi said to Ruth, verse 18. All this calamity, imagine Ruth just breaking down in tears, just breaking down, just 
not even there's so much unknown. She knows her feelings for Boaz, but there's so much unknown about the future. I don't know if I can ever be with him. Maybe it's just because I'm a Moabite. If I was if I was a Jew, things would be easier. If I just look like them, it'd be easier. I just I just can't have him, but I love him. And this is not going to work. We tried. The plan didn't work. So think about just Ruth just totally broken. And here's the wisdom of Naomi. Sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will fall. Isn't this interesting? She tells Ruth, in a sense, as bad as things look, as much and as hard as you've tried, and the obstacles that you see in your way. Many times today, we would tell people to do something. You need to figure it out. You need to make this happen. You need to do some recon. You need to, you need to find out information from people. You need to do all this stuff. You need to, you need to go, you need to do all this stuff. You need to be basically the FBI. You need to go crazy and find out all the information you can on these people. But notice in, in Naomi's wisdom, you have to see how the matter will fall. For the man will not rest until he's finished this thing this day. Think about how comforting that would have been to Ruth. I know it's been a hard night for you. I know in some ways you've had some wins, but I know some ways you've had some losses. I know it's very easy to sit in this bitterness, to sit in this anger against God, to to feel as if you can never have what all these others have. It's like there's something wrong with you because you're a Moabitess woman. But you have to trust our God and you have to sit and you have to see how the matter will fall. But here's here's another level of a relationship with two people in God. You have to trust him. If he's the godly man that he says that he is, even though you don't understand his moves, you don't understand what he's doing. Again, preface this, ladies, this is a godly man. This is not just some nice guy. This is not just a dude that you know. This is a godly man. You might not understand his moves. You might not understand his decisions. But if this man is following the God that we're going to wait for, you got to show some trust in him. That's different, man. That's not That's not normal. That's not normal. This is different stuff. And that's how we end cliffhanger again (laughs) that's how we end i mean so just think the book starts off with just total darkness and dejection and hurt and pain and crying and all this stuff and then there seems to be a glimmer of hope and then you get close to that glimmer of hope and that glimmer of hope has the same feelings as you do and things seem to be lining up correctly and then right when the stars are going to align there's always something there's always someone there's always something in there to throw that off and then it feels like I'm back at square one again and that's how chapter three ends so think about it from from Ruth's perspective as we close this she has no idea this this guy could be the worst guy in the world and she would have to marry this guy all this all this unknown all this confusion all this worry all this emotion from Ruth's side Now, and then think about it from Boaz's side. 
if I go to this guy, it's not like I can fight him. It's not like I can win her over. If he says I want her, there's nothing I can do. So think about the nervousness of Boaz, the the fear of Boaz, the the uncertainty of Boaz. Almost almost from his point, my hope as an older single man was gone. Something has come into my life now, and it looks like little by little, day by day, God is just taking her away. This is different, man. Like this is this is another this is a different way to look at this book, and I've never looked at it this way until I've really, really studied it like this. And and maybe you can fit, and you've been in situations like this, and and this is hard. But I think why this is such a this is such a beautiful book to study. I mean, it, it's just it's wonderful. And as we as we go through this, we're gonna see part five on Monday next week, Lord willing. We're gonna see. Okay. Now Boaz has to. Now the battle happens. Now we're gonna see what we're gonna see what happens next. So I, I hope that um, <clears throat> as we looked at so much stuff today, again, like I told you guys, wasn't there so much application and golden nuggets and all this stuff there? I mean, it was everywhere in this text. But I hope that we can grow in our wisdom on things. We can grow in our patience on things. And I think this is if you didn't get anything from this podcast. Here's one thing that you can't miss. At the end when Naomi said that you just have to see how the matter will fall, I think that's one of the hardest things to do, but that's the wisest thing to do. Sometimes it's not about you trying to make things happen or you trying to, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be effort because obviously we saw Ruth's effort. It was there. But sometimes, guys, and you you have to pray for God's wisdom on it. As much as you tried and as much as you've done what at least you've tried to do, you've tried to communicate as best as you can to the best of your ability. You didn't just throw out lures out there. You've really tried. There's a difference between throwing out lures and really, really trying with 100% of your effort. When you try and then there's just kind of like this standstill, Sometimes, man, it's just wise to just see how the matter will fall. Sometimes that's the wisest thing you can do. As unfortunate, as uncomfortable, as unknown, as frustrating as that can be, you just have to see how the matter will fall, and your faith in God will have to be tested. But it will also be refined. Man, just wonderful lessons. Love you guys. Man, this has just been so great. This has been such a great study. I can't wait till next week. Um, so next week, Lord willing, we will get into part five. Don't have a name for it yet, but it's coming. It's coming. So again, reach out, guys. Um, send messages. Keep sharing it. I'm so thankful for your enthusiasm enthusiasm uh, on this series. And I can't wait to keep studying with you guys on so many other different topics. So if you need us, we're here. Reach out. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. And we will see you next week. Thanks, guys.